So we wanted to make sure that we were, as a management team, as a board, and as our staff base, we were aligned. And uh, that was why it was an important piece of work. The learnings I take from that are that you've got to keep it on the table at all times. You know, an organization's purpose is not something that you workshop or you spend months on and then the job is done. In fact, it's, it's only starting. As I described earlier on, you know, finding ways to bring it to life. Hi, I'm Belded Mankus. Welcome to The Purposeful Strategist. The podcast that shifts the conversation about purpose and strategy from what organizations should do to what business leaders are doing and what they've learned along the way. I'm very pleased to welcome Colin Fife, CEO of the Hinkley and Rugby Building Society. Colin talks about how they serve customers that could be underrepresented by larger organizations, what external support they had in their work on purpose, and how they demonstrate that purpose, not just talk about it. Please join me for this authentic, pragmatic, and instructive episode. Colin, welcome to The Purposeful Strategist. Really, really pleased to have you here today. I wonder if maybe just as a way to, to get into the topics we're going to talk about, you could share a little bit about yourself and about Hinkley and Rugby Building Society. I will do. Yeah, so my name's Colin Fife. I'm the Chief Executive at Hinkley and Rugby Building Society, a building society that's headquartered in uh, Leicestershire, but our home territory is Leicestershire and Warwickshire since the, the old Hinkley and the old Rugby Building Societies merged a number of years ago. I've been in financial services all my career, mm-hmm. two-thirds of it in banking, and then I was fortunate enough to join the building society sector, um, starting as the chief executive in Darlington, and I made my way to Hinkley in 2018. Just as to sort of get a flavor of the organization, um, you know, when I think of financial services organizations, I often think of big, somewhat faceless, impersonal. I, I get the sense that's not your organization. So if you can, just just a little bit of the flavor of size, kind of how it works, what it feels like. Yeah, well, I'm glad to say that many people describe it as uh, their extended family. Mm. Uh, we've got about 180 people. Our base, as I said, Leicestershire and, and Warwickshire. It's very people-led organisation. The sort of often joked about scenario where the computers make the decisions and you don't see any human beings, that is definitely not us. Yeah, We do blend people with technology and we're alive to the digital age. But if you phone Hinkley and Rugby, you will speak to an individual who's either typically based in their Hinkley head office or in one of our nine branches throughout Leicestershire and Warwickshire. And that's that's a good differentiator for us because people like to deal with people. Sure. And that's exactly what you get with Inkling Rugby. We're focused around mortgages and savings and supporting our customers through their life events that revolve around those. Mm-hmm. And what would you say your organization's purpose is? So our, our organization's purpose, I mean, it's very much to empower our members. Mm -hmm. And I'll come back to the word members because it's really 
important. So we empower our members and our wider community by supporting and guiding them through those milestones in their life on their journey towards financial security for themselves and their loved ones. So our purpose is really a combination of the fact that we're a membership-owned organisation. We are owned by the people who've got their savings with us and who've got their mortgage with us. And that allows us to support that wider community of Leicestershire and Warwickshire. We feel that our financial services guide them through their life and obviously financial security for them and their family is really important. So that was why we linked a number of those topics together. Mm -hmm. And has that purpose been sort of the stated explicit purpose for a while, or is that something that you went through some process of kind of sharpening up or rediscovering? Or We went through that sharpening up, Belden. That started just actually before the COVID period, where we did some research with existing members, people that had no connection with us, our staff, professionals who deal with us, and we gathered all that together. And then we got a cross-section of our staff from all parts, you know, all terms of employment, all grades, and we put them together and workshopped a number of different topics. You know, our tone of voice, for example, our values, our vision. Mm -hmm. It's a promise that we give to our members. So we did that, and we've recently to bring it back up to where are we today and put a purpose on top of it. That process of it feeling as if people had a voice in what is this purpose goes to the heart of an organisation that is open to the views of all our staff and tries to gather all that together and provide the support that we do. And how long did that process take? Because it sounds like it could have been a very lengthy one. Yes, the early part of it was the research, the whole sharing of that, the workshops that we completed. That would have taken us probably a best part of nine months because we wanted to get the research absolutely right. Mm -hmm. We've been about a couple of months now working on our purpose. We're having a board session in May just to revisit that. And you know we've got some work that we'd like to do with our brand, uh, which will take place later on this year. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like from what you've said, I'm, I'm imagining that you use one or more external organizations to support and help you with this. Yeah, we've used a couple of brand agencies and one research company. But actually now we've moved past that phase and it now is an internal piece of work. And I think that's really important. I've been through a number of different purpose and values, brand sessions in organisations I've worked for. And I think the best outcomes are the ones that come from within, within the individuals who feel empowered to bring that out. And they care enough about the organisation, the people and the communities they serve for them to really bring that out and share it with their colleagues and explain why that's important. And I think my experience of that has been that sometimes that drills down a little bit further. A high-level purpose can look very well on our annual business plans, our annual reports, 
but you need to drill it down to things that are really meaningful and you can live every day and deliver every day. So for example, we've used phrases to bring the support for our members and the local communities, like focus on what counts rather than what is counted. In our business, you know, we count a lot of money. So focusing on what counts rather than what is counted was a really nice way of saying, you know, it's not about how do we maximize profits as a business or you know, how do we grow well beyond the size we are? Does that really count for our members and our local communities? You know, it's probably not at the top of the list. So that's why we try to break it down. Mm-hmm. And was there something that happened or something that triggered off in your minds or other people's minds that we need to spend a bit more time focusing on our purpose? You know, what made it important now? I think the building society went through a period where we had to be more internally focused. You know, we had the financial crisis quite some years ago now, but the ripples from that were felt for a number of years. And we have been modernising the business over quite some time now, investing in the technology that complements our very personal service. So we wanted to make sure that we were, as a management team, as a board and as our staff base, we were aligned and uh, that was why it was an important piece of work. The learnings I take from that are that you've got to keep it on the table at all times. You know, An organisation's purpose is not something that you workshop or you spend months on and then the job is done. In fact, it's, it's only starting. As I described earlier on, you know, finding ways to bring it to life and we try and do that every year in our balanced scorecard. So we measure the society's performance and each individual's performance in a balanced scorecard. And we try and bring this into a number of elements there, but do it in different ways each year so that people can see that there's a bit of depth to the purpose rather than a meaningless statement. Yeah. And what would you say your strategy is? I mean, you may very well have touched on elements of it already in the conversation, but if you had to sum it up, what would you say the strategy is? Our strategy is to grow our reach in our local community and also nationally to provide the best savings and mortgage propositions. We're helping a number of different individuals and families who are underrepresented by your larger organisation who may not have the time or the inclination to listen and understand their lives. So, for example, a lot of people will have had some significant changes in their life, significant changes through COVID. They will have changed job. They will have started their own business. They may have had financial challenges. They may want to build their own house. All of those scenarios mean that we need to listen and understand. And that's where our our human elements come into play. We're not a computer decision-making organization. And I appreciate artificial intelligence may change this in the future, but certainly at the moment, a human being listening and understanding and providing the right saving solution or the right mortgage solution is very much in demand. in in our market in the UK and that's what we're doing 
And that's what we are determined to continue to do. And you talk, at least I thought you were saying that there's some of your customer base anyway that are not very well served by bigger organization. Are there any common threads to that as to why they're not? Or is it just every now and then various people aren't? I think it's change and complexity. So, for example, if you were employed all the way throughout 2022, but on the 1st of January 23 decided, no, I'm going to start my own company. Therefore, your track record in 23 is basically non-existent. But as an individual, you've been doing this piece of work for years and years, have got a strong track record, and your integrity and your credit worthiness are strong. But if you just load the data only about you and your background, it may be that you get rejected by saying, sorry, you've only been in this employment for two months. Well, actually, that's not the real story. We, as, a, as human beings, we can sit and understand that. Unusually, we've got a daily committee that listens to all of those cases. At three o'clock every day, we sit down and members of our team will come and say, right, here's a story about Mr. Menkes, blah, blah, blah. And the stories are you know, always very different, but it needs somebody to sit and say, okay, right, I get it. I understand where that individual, that family are with their financial position. This is how we can support them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the way you've pulled together what could sound like fairly abstract concepts, change and complexity, and sort of bring them alive for individuals and what that means and how you therefore can support them better. It is. Unfortunately, there are a number of families that have a breakup within them. And the complexity of dealing with their financial situation, again, needs somebody to listen and understand what is happening and how we can support them. And on a more positive note, you get a growing number of people in the UK who are looking to build their own property, build their own sort of dream house that they, they want to live in. The planning, the materials, the construction stages, again, that needs somebody to look at it and say, right, this is how we'll structure it. And again, that's where we come into our own. The strategy you've described there, did you come to that through a process similar to what you did to get to the purpose, or was there a different way of going at that? I think a slightly different way, because we've always recognized the strengths. Because we're member-owned, we can take that little bit more time with the customer. In a building society, I answer to my board and my member base. If in our area there are people who need that extra bit of time to sit and talk to us, we can do that. If I was working in a shareholder-driven business, I might look for the cost savings. I might look for, can I do this in one minute instead of 10 minutes? And therefore, I believe that purpose and the strategy line up really, really closely together. And... In a digital age, our challenge is to get the right balance, to give the members that time, that ear to listen to, but also provide them with convenient opportunities to use our services. 
Mm -hmm. How do you address that issue of convenience? Because, you know, in a very people-heavy business where you're taking more time, convenience can get to be expensive. Let me put it that way. How do you manage that? Well, convenience either in a digital way or through live chat type operations, through good telephony, through online services. It's providing that as an option, but not as an option that you have to go through. The people option, whether it's in our branches or in our head office, that is a clear channel. And you know, a number of people will either always want to go down that channel or given individual circumstances may need to go down that channel. Therefore, it's balancing. Balancing but providing the option rather than driving people in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And as you've been on this journey, it sounds like certainly for the last year or so, you've been focused a lot on purpose. I don't know how long the sort of strategy process took. Similar time, a bit longer? We never put strategy down, to be honest. You can get into a routine of just a board meeting month after month. They become routine you don't lift yourself away from the operational parts of the business. So we had a great conversation last year as a board and said, no, we're going to change that and um, have specific strategic days rather than board meetings. And therefore, we had one in January when we got on a bus. So my board and some of my senior executive team, we went on a bus to look at a new style of housing where the properties are being custom built for the individuals. It's typically happening in a way that has a wide variety of properties on the one site. So we got in the bus and we went there and we did a, a really good tour and then had a, a discussion about, right, how do we adjust, how do we adapt to new type of opportunities you know, that sort of local community all-inclusive, as it was probably back years ago when it was new towns were being created. Many new towns are cropping up across the UK. And, you know, how can we support them and those local communities that are being developed? So that is just a continuous process for us. And I'm lucky that my, my board see that as an important feature of how we work together. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting, particularly involving them at, you know, it's sort of that bit of the innovation cycle. Is there a, a name or a reference or whatever for this property site? It sounds very interesting. I'm sure some of the people listening to this would love to know a bit more about it. Yeah, it's called Custom Build. There was a lot of support over the last few years for properties can be built by the homeowner, so self-build or custom build, where instead of you basically buy a new home and it is what it is, you get a voice in the way it looks, the internal features, its own style. So in essence, you get a bit of a catalogue and this fits together in a community of different types of housing. There's a number of sites across the UK that we will see cropping up in the years ahead. Mm, very interesting. So as you've been on this journey over the last year or so, maybe 18 months, what surprised you most? I think the, the surprise was probably a reminder that 
the communication of a purpose and of a strategy never ends and is less impactful if you are more robotic about the way you talk about it. I started our chat today about talking about what is our purpose. You know, we talk about being a member-driven organisation, putting members at the heart of everything we do. I can say that in meetings and I can then look at my purpose and think, yeah, that's absolutely in line with the strategy. I talked earlier on about listening. Let's listen, let's understand, and then let's deliver. Is that meeting what our community and member needs are? Yes, it is. We talk a lot about looking to be the most authentic business that we can, where everybody's voice counts. And again, I bring that back to my purpose. It might be a, a small point, but there are not many businesses these days that are a collaboration. So we're a collaboration between the old towns of Hinkley and Rugby. We're a collaboration between the two counties of Leicestershire and Warwickshire. That ampersand that we have between Hinkley and Rugby is actually one of the most important elements of our purpose because it demonstrates that it's about a partnership, it's about collaboration, it's about sharing. And the word sharing is a really directly relevant from our purpose because we share our, our knowledge, our skills and our experience. That's a mindset that makes us different and successful in this area. Mm -hmm. What's been the most difficult bit of it? Nothing in life is ever 100% smooth. So where were the, the sort of bumpier patches of road? Yeah, I think when you've got people who've got different experiences of your business and people who may have worked in the organization for a long time or a short time, and it's trying to bring together something that galvanizes and that engages. And personally, I felt lucky that during COVID, all of the behaviours that I felt were in the organisation really came to the surface. And I think that that helped us to realise what we had. And without that, it's quite difficult to get everybody to the same place and behind this purpose with their different perceptions. So the opportunity to bring out the best of you as individuals and the best of you as an organisation was what I felt during that COVID period. It actually brought us as an organisation closer together. I also felt it brought us closer together with our local area. Some fabulous uh, staff who were phoning our customers every day just to check they were okay during COVID. And that wasn't, you know, a, a strategy that came from my head or a, you know, we must do this. This was just driven organically from the people that work in this organization and many other examples like that where the best of people came to the surface. Hmm. As this purpose has kind of become clearer, sort of been sharpened up again, what's the impact been on the organization? Well, we're at an early stage with how we're going to demonstrate the purpose externally. I've got some designs 
the ampersand between Hinkley and rugby, you know, that partnership I talked about, almost sort of using that visually as a thread that runs through the organisation that brings it together. And then the thread that runs through Leicestershire and Warwickshire and brings it together. And the thread that runs through all our relationship with our suppliers and, and obviously our members and brings it together. We're not rushing into that overnight. We've got a bit of thinking to do and talk with my board in May um, at one of our strategy sessions about it. I want to be able to almost have a, a way of visually demonstrating what we stand for and demonstrating what members tell me about their experience with my staff. That's almost the finishing touch, but perhaps the most important part, because the words can be created, but if they're not brought to life in our actions, but also a visual representation, you know, unfortunately, we can miss the opportunity. What's the impact been on you? you know, have you perhaps been changed or what have you learned? Probably something that many of us feel that would you like to work for an organisation that has got the same values that you have, the same way of treating its people, the same way of treating its members and this job allows me to create the organisation that I would always have wanted to work for. I think it's made me realise how lucky I am to have that opportunity and therefore it makes me try harder to do that. I think particularly on the people side because we all have different experiences in different organisations and I'm sure that there's no business that if we asked them the question, you know, how important are your people, nobody would say anything other than absolutely the, uh, the most important part. But actually demonstrating that can be difficult for some businesses. Working on a purpose, working closely with my board on a strategy allows us to actually do that. Do what we said we would always have loved to have done. I think that's probably my biggest reflection and it's been a really enjoyable process. Mm -hmm. If there was anything about it that, you know, if you could do it again, anything about it you might change or do differently? I'd probably do it in a more condensed period of time. We did have to extend it. You know, for example, when uh, COVID started, we were worried about our local area customers, how would they be impacted? And therefore us going out and spending lots of money to create a visual representation of the society, it would possibly have been the easiest time to do it. You know, you could have got the work done quite easily, but it felt like the wrong thing to do, and we were putting our money in the wrong place. So an ideal world, I'd have condensed the time frame, but I've got no complaints. Good. What advice might you have for a business leader who themselves were wrestling with their organization's purpose and what it is and how do you connect it to the strategy? There's probably a few things, Belden, I would say. Don't spend your life to get the purpose statement 100% right, but spend your time on how you demonstrate that purpose is in your DNA and that your actions are absolutely aligned with it. I think it's a demonstration. I think it's the way you bring it to life. 
that is absolutely the key element. And I think my second thing would be do not be frightened to bring people of all levels with you through this piece of work and use it to demonstrate that everyone in that business is important and everybody's view is important and we want to listen to it. Therefore, I think it can become more than an exercise on purpose. It can be an exercise on the culture that you want to live in, to work in, to be proud of within your organization. Yeah. I, if you don't mind my saying so, what you're talking about there really feels to me sort of like what the heart of leadership is all about, you know, at the level you're at. Um, anything I haven't asked you about that you wish I had? I've talked about members and being owned by your customer has got a really definite impact on the way you think. Around my board table, my uh, six non-executive directors will challenge myself and my senior team on what would the customer say if they were sitting around this table? What would the members say if they were sitting around this table? Um, on our reports to our board, we also put a section at the bottom on member impact. So I'm fortunate that that shapes a lot of our thinking. But I guess the message beyond that is you can deliver the organisation you have always wanted to work for, regardless of whether you're a mutual or whether you're a PLC. But you probably, in those different business models, you probably need to you know, pick what you focus on. But you can certainly deliver the change that uh, you can be proud of and galvanizes that staff base that you have. Mm -hmm. Colin, I hope you don't mind my saying so. You're kind of a quiet radical because that statement you just made, which I completely agree with, the ownership structure doesn't have to determine the kind of organization is completely agree with. But as you know, in some parts of the world, that's a almost heretical statement. It's been a real pleasure hearing your views, hearing your experience, you know, hearing your advice. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Belden. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Purposeful Strategist. Please email any questions or suggestions to belden at mancus.com. In addition to being available on our website, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed this episode, we release a new episode weekly. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again, and join us soon for the next episode of The Purposeful Strategist.